0: From Washington, this is Political Theater, Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick.
1: The president of the United States. The state of the union is not good. The state of our union is sound. The state
0: of our union is strong. The state of our union is strong. The state of our union is strong. The 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 Super Bowl. The ultimate spectacle of American sports is on Sunday. And then on Tuesday, the ultimate spectacle of American politics takes place at the United States Capitol, the president's State of the Union address. What makes it a little more interesting this year is that President Donald Trump will deliver the address to not only a divided Congress, but many of the people in the audience want his job. An unprecedented number of Democrats are running to take on Trump next year, and they'll be in the audience and will be watching. Nathan Gonzalez, Inside Elections editor and publisher, is going to help us walk through
1: this ultimate spectacle, this political theater, if you will. First of all, we assume that this is going to happen on Tuesday. It's all scheduled, but (laughs) until it happens, I'm still leaving a little bit of doubt that something will, will delay it again. But you have uh, not filled
0: out your at-a-glance, uh, you know, faithfully that that's it's in. No, in that you put it I in pencil. I haven't time?
1: filled out my my uh, my my card yet for <laughs> uh, what the president's going to say, but. Uh, you know, this is really a made-for-TV event, similar to the Super Bowl. You know, the all the networks, all the cable networks, they know the drill. There's going to be the speech, and then they're going to have three people on a panel talk about it. They're going to go to Stacey Abrams for the Democratic response, and mm-hmm. they're going to talk about it. Uh, but he, but just the speech itself is tailor-made. There's going to be a camera focused on the president, and then these reaction shots are going to be golden because there are so many people to watch. You know, you'll be able to see Speaker Pelosi behind the president, but then you have these twenty. 20 presidential contenders. You have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who's going to I'm sure get reaction shots and it's going to not, not be, a
0: presidential uh, contender because she's not old enough yet, but still somebody who can command a lot of attention.
1: Right. You know, you know there's so many personalities now in the Democratic side and, and you add in that presidential 2020 presidential race and, and it's going to be fascinating to watch. So you mentioned St- uh,
0: Stacey Abrams. We found out this week that she will provide the official Democratic response. This uh, Stacey Abrams lost narrowly in the gubernatorial contest in Georgia this year. But she, you know, she is somewhat of a rising star in the Democratic Party. There's already talk that she might uh, run in 2020 against Senator David Perdue, the Republican incumbent. What do you think of that choice as a, as a political analyst to, to have, you know, first Donald Trump speak to the nation in a joint session and then... Uh, a, a rising star in the in the Democratic Party who happens to be a black woman about as uh, opposite as you can get from the demographic that seems to uh, dr- drift towards the president to, to providing the response.
1: Yeah, I think it's fascinating in a couple of different ways. I mean, from the Democratic Party perspective. It's interesting because she is a rising star, but she did lose, <laughs> uh, like Beto the, O'Rourke lost. You know, right? <laughs> but there were there were but there were in yeah. a year when there were plenty of Democrats mm-hmm. who won. Right. Uh, there were lots of rising stars. Uh, you know, maybe they didn't want to play favorites with a 2020 presidential contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even Abrams hasn't ruled out running for president in right. 2020. Uh, but there are also members of Congress, freshmen, some freshmen, fresh women uh, members of Congress who haven't. Fresh women is that a word? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think I just made that up. I feel like President <laughs> George W. Bush, uh, who, uh, who aren't going to run for president, but who are viewed as rising stars. So, uh, you know, I get it uh, that she of why uh, Leader Schumer went to her mm-hmm. uh, with the invitation, but it's kind of interesting. Now, from Abrams' perspective. I don't know that it's a guarantee of why you accept it. I mean, it's sure it's a national stage, unlike any other, but it rarely goes well. It's notorious for, for the person flopping who,
0: people, right? <laughs> I mean, just as Bobby Jindal, Bobby uh, Jindal, who out. I
1: think maybe technically Bobby Jindal that was to a, a joint session when he his response. But you know Marco Rubio. I mean, all these people have have gone on. To, uh, Rubio has his career has continued since then, but. It's. Uh, He's just, always been thirsty for more. I expect it to be a uh, polarizing. Democrats are going to say she's amazing and great and be mm-hmm. on her side. Republicans are going to make fun of her. We'll see. You know what it looks like. I was brainstorming with my my colleague Leah uh, about how if it's time to change what these reaction speeches look like because mm-hmm. they look so bad comparing to right. the state of the Union. I don't know why they can't just do a, a pre-produced three-minute video i Mm -hmm. mean these videos really catapulted some democrats uh, in the 2018 cycle why not go totally different (laughs) and do a a mini feature film, <laughs> a mini, a mini, a mini doc, uh-huh. and because uh, I think the networks would run it because it's it's the response. Well,
0: and you also mentioned that, and, and we'll get to some of these 2020 contenders that'll be staring the president down, if you will, uh, in in the in the joint session. But the it's not just the official response from the minority party. Uh, that you know there is typically some response from say the progressives or you know like the, for a while there we were having we had like two or three and even more. Responses to the to the State of the Union during uh, the time of uh, President Obama, um, and it, and it got it just got kind of like with the State of the Union, it just got to a saturation point where people, you know, like I I, I feel like the the metaphor to the Super Bowl or the analogy to the Super Bowl like holds because every, everybody watches it, but does any is anybody really watching it, right. <laughs> or are they just there to to see it to see the spectacle that it, that, it, that it has become.
1: Yeah, I'm a little surprised that there aren't a there isn't a clamoring of multiple responses on the Democratic side, uh, but I think it might be a, a a symbol of a party united in sending a message to President Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's disagreement on some policies and some uh, strategies and tactics, but they all want to send a message to President Trump, and uh, I think that that's part of the reason why there hasn't been a we we aren't going to see ten at least ten. Kind of uh, speech responses. I'm sure there'll be four million press releases, right? Uh, which I'm looking forward to.
0: Delete, delete, delete. Oh, sorry, uh, that was just uh, me. Oh, I read think, them all thinking, very thinking carefully. Yes. Um, no, it it, it
1: is. Um
0: Sort of fascinating that the the speaker, who, as you mentioned, she'll be right behind uh, the president with with Mike Pence. This is the first time that she has she has been there since uh, 2010. She also made this point, you know, as as the shutdown ended last week, that their the Democrats' strength was in their unity. So perhaps we're seeing this uh, in in this in the choice of Abrams that you know, hey, let's take our cues from the leadership from from Pelosi and from and Chuck Schumer on the Senate side. And just have one response, and so we don't muddy the message too much.
1: And it'll be interesting to watch. Well, first, what specific language does the president use, particularly when we're talking about the border? If he's just going to, if when he talks about border security, or, you know, are are Democrats not going to stand for that? Or, but if he's talking about the wall, they're clearly not going to stand for that. But I think that those nuances are going to be interesting, and particularly when you have some of the new. Democratic House members who represent more moderate districts, some districts that President Trump carried. What is their reaction to some of these proposals when most of the party is going to be universally against and probably have no plans to stand at all during the president's entire speech? Right. And I, I can only imagine that the, you know, some of the calculations about when you plant,
0: when you clap and when you stand up and so forth, That this may require some real gymnastics from somebody like Elizabeth Warren, who is is has an exploratory committee, Kirsten Gillibrand, uh, you know, who uh, the uh, Democratic senator from New York, who has also got an exploratory committee, but she's you know she's staffing up in New Hampshire and Iowa. Kamala Harris, you know, who, who's running. Eric Swalwell is running. I mean, the, you know, the, the the number of people, uh, it, we we joke about the the acknowledged guests and how you know people want to make a statement with the the guests that they're bringing to the State of the Union as as they're recognized by the president or they're just like they can talk about them, but I. It's almost like the the acknowledged personas in this audience might just be all the the sheer number of people who are who want the job who want to be speaking in that uh, in that rostrum in a couple of years.
1: And being and where do they sit specifically? This comes all the way back to the theater of this event. Are you sit next to each other so you can kind of keep tabs on your your friend and your <laughs> foe, or you, do you want to sit in the back so you can keep everyone in front of you to see if all right, everyone else is oh that person's clapping or. Well, Senator Warren's clapping, so I, I should clap too? Or right. what? Uh, what is this going to look like? So I, I think it's going to be, uh, I, in some ways, it's, we've done this so many times, but the, it's, it's fresh in a way that I think is going to be fascinating.
0: One of the things that struck me at the beginning of the year when the, when the new House uh, w- was sworn in was just that there was this real... Um, you could tell the division between the parties. I mean, the, the, the Republican Party, uh, older, whiter, more male, uh, and it just, it was this huge contrast with the Democrats. It was a, it was a much younger crowd. There were a lot more women uh, in it. There were a lot of kids, and it, we won't have that exact dynamic because it's just going to, there, when you bring that many people in with the guests and so forth, it's going to be a little more chaotic. There's going to be a lot more going on. There's a lot more people in the press that are there as well, but I just, you know, it, it gets, to me, it asks the, it sort of begs the question that I, I, you know, asked in a column that I wrote for CQ magazine and for Roll Call this week, uh, and which other people had written about, including Mitch Daniels, former governor of Indiana uh, for the Washington Post, is, is the State of the Union itself, is this something, is this a ritual in American politics that we need to alter? Because, you know, we're going through this sort of, you know, you know, what happens and when we know that there will be awkward moments when people don't know where they're supposed to clap and different moments where Democrats sort of stand and and different moments when Republicans will stand and, and you know, they're going to acknowledge some guests, the, you know, best person from the border. I'm I'm guessing, just guessing that right. Donald Trump will recognize a Border Patrol agent or somebody like that. Um, that... You know, it, if we know what's going on, is there really a value in this? Because it's not really about the state of the union. I mean, I don't think he's going to be talking so much about, like, the nitty-gritty of, like, policy and what and what he wants. So this seems to be a,
1: strictly a political thing now. Yeah, uh, it does depend on what you're looking for in it. I mean, could the country... Uh, survive or even thrive without this speech, I think absolutely I don't think this is a, a requirement anymore because there's just so many, it's so much easier to, for the president or, or any politician to get their message out beyond this appointment, this annual appointment uh, viewing event um, but, you know, it is I think it's going to be interesting with these 2020 you overlay this 2020 uh, presidential race, Uh in just the backstory that we now have coming into this particular year is fascinating. We learned so much about the speech, uh, or about it's not a requirement that mm-hmm. this that has happened uh, because of the the shutdown and the, and the the games, the political part of it coming into it. Uh, it was kind of more educational than in years past.
0: I, I that is one of the things that I was fascinated by too is that when Nancy Pelosi. Stated, you know to the president in the middle of the shutdown hey I know we invited you on January 29th to a joint session but I think you should postpone it and it, I I, you know the the White House didn't seem they were either gamely sort of saying like oh no we're still here, we're still doing it or maybe it is conceivable that somebody didn't quite understand uh, in the in the in the, in, in the legislative affairs office or so that, that like this the Constitution just says the president provides from time to time you know a, a, an update on the state of affairs State of the Union. And it doesn't say it has to be a speech. It doesn't have to say nine p.m. on a Tuesday, (laughs) Eastern on a Tuesday, (laughs) Eastern Daylight Time, right after, (laughs) right after the Goldbergs. You know, (laughs) I mean, it's just it is it it was interesting. And then you know, people were hollering that the speaker had canceled the State of the Union, and it's actually not true. You you, the speaker doesn't have the authority to cancel the State of the Union, just like the president doesn't have the authority to show up at Congress anytime he wants and address a joint session. I mean, there, there
1: are... Well, you could show up, just whether there's right. anybody there or any cameras on. <laughs>
0: right, and and, and that, is, that was the sort of fascinating thing in, in the power play that eventually Nancy Pelosi sort of came out on top of in, in this was that the speaker has control over the House floor schedule and you have to pass a concurrent resolution to make sure that you call for a joint session of Congress. I mean, you have to pass these concurrent resolutions to use like the Lincoln catafalque <laughs> for a funeral. I mean, so you definitely need to do that. And she really put her foot down. And I think that it, what you're right, it was like a, a nationwide civics lesson.
1: The other thing that comes to mind is which Democrats that are usually on the aisle, they they come early to right. be on the aisle. Is, is President Trump a president a bridge too far right. that they are willing to forego that tradition for years? Sheila
0: Jackson Lee, Eli Engel, folks like that would get, we get there early? Uh, I'm I'm guessing that Sheila Jackson Lee won't be angling so much, for, but who knows? You know,
1: uh, maybe we'll we'll, we'll traditions are traditions. So We're real quick, creatures of habit.
0: <laughs> so real quick before we wrap up, um, who who would if you could just watch the reactions of one of these Democratic presidential candidates, uh, who would it be? Mm. Got, know, always, we have a lot to choose from. Always good, Tulsi Gabbard. Always good to, <laughs> think, Gabbard, always you know, good uh, to think of.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Eric Swalwell.
1: Uh, um, who would I watch? Um, you know, I, I guess maybe Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar. Mm-hmm. You know, she hasn't officially announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems likely she's she's headed toward that direction, mm-hmm. but she hasn't been. She she hasn't been quite as in line on some of the most progressive or liberal policies that mm-hmm. other contenders or members of her party or so. And so, uh, you know, she's she's one many to watch. But more than even watching one specific uh, in the reaction, I'm wondering if there's going to be an extra uh, symbol of defiance toward the president instead of just not clapping or not standing uh, or is there going to is someone a contender or any rank and file member going to demonstrate their disapproval in a way we haven't seen before.
0: So not necessarily a you lie moment, which was not a State of the Union. It was a joint address to Congress uh, a little bit later in the year uh, that Joe Wilson yelled at uh, President Obama, but maybe even just somebody uh, turning their back yeah. or wearing or, you know, wearing walking something.
1: out. I right. mean, if I was a 2020 presidential contender and I wanted to make a splash, walk out in the middle of the speech and you will get a ton of media attention. Well, you're welcome,
0: uh, all network television, for the ratings hitch that uh, Nathan just gave you. It's exactly. cl- I'm in a charitable hanger. mood. <laughs> all right. Well, Nathan, thank you very much. No problem. And thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, NPR One, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com, or you can find us on Twitter at RollCall. And thank you for listening.